Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Welcome back to another episode. I am your host, Wyatt. I'm with Jared Aiden Bart, and that's it. No Lucas this week. He's actually taking the week off due to load management. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's resting up, and he's going to be ready to go. Congrats, Lucas, though, on being a listener now for the very first time. This is actually in 128 recording sessions, the only time Lucas has missed an episode. So... Longest very actor streak yeah. broken, but yeah, very <laughs> impressive nonetheless. Yeah, is the he Cal Ripken yeah. of the of the podcast, yeah. listener of the week. <laughs> what were you gonna say? There we go. <laughs> He's up for it. That's for sure. Yeah, we'll think about he's it. Yeah, we'll get back to him. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see consider. what happens with that. But he's only missing the one. Trevor Bauer, however, is going to be suspended <laughs> oh. for a whopping 324 games after a domestic abuse, sexual assault, uh, misconduct type case. He was not criminally charged. Uh, he was dismissed by two judges. However, he violated the league's domestic abuse, sexual misconduct uh, policies or so. So he's going to be out for two years. It's probably one of the longest suspensions that we've ever seen in baseball. I think even A-Rod was, what, just a season or so? I think he was the longest before this. Something like that. Like any wow. thoughts? Any thoughts on the suspension? Is it fair? Is it uh, unfair? Bad for baseball. <laughs> and why it's mine to everything. Definitely bad, bad for, for baseball. baseball but <laughs> yeah. no, I was surprised by it or by the length of it. But I'm I'm not mad at it by any means. Like I I don't know what the MLB found in their investigation. But if they're gonna come down hard around domestic abuse stuff and sexual assault stuff, like good for the MLB. So, yeah. Ultimately, I think it's just it's a business decision, and mm. you do not want to have something like that as your. He's I mean he's a superstar as like a mm-hmm. highly marketed type person for one of your biggest markets. Yeah, just kind right. of out there after something like this. I, I totally get it. Uh, somebody suspended for a lot less games. DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> has been suspended for only six games. <laughs> For a PED violation. They tried to give him 324. He appealed. um, And he got the six random PED violation. I did not see this coming. I think it's like one of those. I didn't even see what what it was. Or maybe I did and I didn't believe it. I saw something that was like a tranquilizer. Yeah, like a low-grade beaver tranquilizer. I didn't know if that was a joke or not. I couldn't couldn't tell either. So I I wasn't going to say it. But, I mean, there was a handful of different, different things on there. Very shocking. It, Do you uh, ever expect a player to be caught for PEDs, though? Um, no, but there are some <laughs> players that you wouldn't that you'd be like, yeah, maybe. And then there are some players yeah. where, uh, if this read Antonio Brown has been suspended for yeah. six games for a PED violation, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, yeah okay. But D Hop, that's a shock. <clears throat> I, I was gonna say, I wonder if the Cardinals knew about this at all pre-draft because mm-hmm. people were kind of questioning the hollywood brown trade a little bit right and now it's like maybe they wanted to make sure kyler murray still has a weapon of some sort 
It's interesting. But yeah, maybe that they also didn't know at all yep. and it's a complete coincidence, but it works or out if so. They slipped some beer tranquilizer in on him after <laughs> they made the draft to val or after they they made the trade to validate it. Quite a possibility. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's quite the strategy. conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, they slipped a little bit in in his uh, protein smoothie right after his workout at the facility. You never know. And then they they sent in a request to the league. Tyron Matthew uh, officially signs with the New Orleans Saints. There is no deal out. Okay. He may not, it may not actually be official, but he's expected to sign with them. So, back in Louisiana in the Bayou. <clears throat> and then I'm lastly, you oh, sorry. I was no, just gonna say I'm shocked that he hadn't been signed by anyone until now. Yeah. I mean, right. I, I thought he was one of the like the most coveted free agents this season. Yeah, I thought he would have gone pretty early but, as well. Okay. Why you talked about this on your solo show, but. It definitely shows that the Saints think that like their window is now <laughs> that they're going which, that they're going for these sorts I, of players. I right don't. Now. I maybe we'll we'll talk about it during our, our <laughs> first segment. I'll, I'll bring it up again, but yeah. it's very head scratching to me. Um, and lastly, Draymond Green is very upset about his blatant flagrant two actually being called <laughs> a uh, flagrant two. Did not see that coming. Thought it was just a him thing. No, uh, turns out smacking a player across the head and then pulling him down by his jersey does not. Uh, is not within the rule book. So. Sorry, Jermon. <laughs> You'll get him next time. <clears throat> but uh, the now, N- so, you know. Yeah, you know, who needs them? You got Jordan Poole. The NFL draft actually did happen, and we're going to get some takeaways from it. Biggest deals, biggest surprise, grades in your favorite team, et cetera, et cetera. Who knows what we might say. Jared, <laughs> what were the best and worst moves of the NFL draft? All right, well, let's start with this move. I mean, so all the scouts of these NFL teams, these brainiacs, they looked at one drill in the combine and penalized a consensus top five pick, causing them to slide to the 14th pick. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Notre Dame grad Kyle Hamilton, of, of course. And I mean, yeah, the, the scouts were super smart. I mean, they were right. The tape doesn't matter at all. We should actually base our evaluations off this one drill. I mean, I just I have some evidence here. I'll go through a list <laughs> provided to me of players with slow 40s. To show you why it's a very smart idea to disregard tape and judge a player on their 40. First name. Wait a minute. Larry Fitzgerald's on this list? That can't be right. He ran a 4.63 uh, 40. He's a future Hall of Famer. Okay, let's 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 just disregard that. This guy, just we just talked about him, just got busted for PEDs. Look at him. DeAndre, wait, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, DeAndre he only Hopkins had quicker. horse tranquilizer coursing through his veins. <laughs> <laughs> when he was running exactly. this time. <laughs> <laughs> he ran two hundreds quicker than Hamilton at four point five seven. So I guess he's I don't know, maybe he's fast because of that cutoff now. Maybe that's the arbitrary number right there, but three time all pro, five time pro bowler. Okay. Well the league changes year by year, so show me a player that was good last year that was slow. Wait a minute, Cooper Cup, the twenty twenty one offensive player of the year. Four point six two forty? Oh, interesting. This list is not really supporting my hip hop. Oh wait. Kyle Hamilton's a safety, not a wide receiver. Show me a safety. Cam Chancellor, 4.69. Super Bowl champ, four-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. My 40-yard dash theory is completely crumbling right now. I mean, I could have listed Tom Brady or something, but that's obviously a different position. And, of course, I recognize I'm using a straw, a bit of a straw man argument here, but it's so stupid that they would penalize Kyle Hamilton based off all the tape, like I get it if the tape is not there that you're going to judge the 40 a little more harshly on somebody, but the tape is there. Like ask Florida State if they think Kyle Hamilton is fast when he ran across the entire field to intercept a pass. 
Anyway, the Ravens got super lucky. They got, it seems like a really good fit for Hamilton. I feel like we always say this when a good defensive player goes to the Ravens because they have like that defensive identity that's kind of carried on from the Ray Lewis, Ed Reed days. But it's a great situation, I think. They have a good QB. It's a really stable franchise, like an amazing coach in Harbaugh, John Harbaugh as well. Um, And then they killed it in the rest of the draft too, as most people said, with uh, basically flipping Hollywood Brown for um, uh, the center Linderbaum. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm not going to pretend like I really know that much about what happened after the first round, but um, the fir- <laughs> they had a really good first round, and a lot of the draft pundits that are smarter than me on that sort of stuff uh, gave them an A. Like pretty much everybody for like gave them an A. Um, so that was the first one I wanted to talk about. I wanted to get that out there, support my Notre Dame guys. Um, the second one I'll talk about, and then I'll just give the floor over. Is I loved what the Eagles did, um, trading for AJ Brown first off, obviously. Mm-hmm. And what the storyline that I get from that is, again, going to one of the guys that I root for is Jalen Hurts, who is going to have a lot of pr- pressure yeah. on him next year now to succeed. Like, yeah. It's his audition to be the long-term starter at this point next year. Um, and they want to see – it's smart for the Eagles. They want to see what they have in Hurts. And then if he doesn't work – hopefully he does work out. That's what I hope for. I'm sure that's what the Eagles are hoping for too and be able to use their first-round picks next year on just solidifying their roster. But if it doesn't, they're going to use that capital to go into a hopefully stronger quarterback class next year, at least at the top, and then we'll see what happens from uh, after Bryce Young and Stroud. Um, and they'll go from there. So I really like what the Eagles did. Um, also, g- getting Jordan Davis, I know, Wyatt, that they passed over Kyle Hamilton, so you didn't like that. But Jordan Davis is a freak um, mm-hmm. as well, so that's good. Um did you yeah, mention the, the, teams, the Nicobe though, the Dean birds. pick? Yeah, they got Nicobe Dean in like yeah, Nicobe Dean round, as well. right or mid mid third round. Shocked me, shocked yeah. me. Yeah, that's anytime like you can pick a player from Georgia, I feel like it's a from Georgia yeah. that defense last year. I think is a is a good pick. Yeah, and he was like the most productive player on their defense. Not saying that he'll be the best in the NFL, but I mean, what five Georgia defenders got picked in the first round? He was the one with yep. the most like eye popping stats. Could have it's obviously helped by the guys around him, but. It's pretty shocking that someone can fall that far just due to what, like medical concerns and slightly undersized. Yeah. 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 Let the other teams be dumb though, you know? Yeah. Just go and there you go. Yeah. Yeah, Those are the first two I want to get out there and I'm sure other people want to get some stuff out there too, but those are my, my top two, uh, like favorite moves or end teams. Yeah. Yeah. I totally support both of those. Me too. On the Kyle Hamilton front, and I know we were going to get to this at some point. I don't know what your opinion on this is, Bart. Um, but the Vikings, who yeah. had the, tr- the number 12 pick, um, traded down, traded the 12 and 46th pick for the 32nd, 34th, and 66th picks. Um, so they <laughs> dropped 20 picks in the first round, which is huge. Um, and they did that to essentially move up 12 spots in the second round, plus get a third rounder for their troubles. Um, for like yeah. similar trades, like Justin Fields, this is a different thing last year. But the Bears to move up nine spots to get Justin Fields last year got gave the Giants the twentieth pick, a twenty twenty two first rounder plus a fourth and a fifth rounder to move up only nine spots. I mean, so that's it's crazy. And then they ended up picking Lewis Seen, a safety from Georgia, who's obviously very talented. But they could have just gotten Kyle Hamilton right. at twelve, and it just I yeah cannot yeah. really see the logic in having not done that 
I mean, I saw some people saying that, like, see, is it seen? I definitely was reading it sign in my head all this time. That's funny. I, I saw up. some people saying, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, some people were saying that he he is, like, not, not far behind Hamilton as far as safety mm. skills go. Which, yeah, definitely, I definitely haven't watched enough tape to say, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I don't know. The Vikes have a new GM this year, and he definitely put on an interesting performance as far as, like, draft capital philosophy goes. His trades are interesting. I don't know how much I agree with it, but, yeah, like you said, like, even if you got an extra pick out of the trade, the market value for that trade back should have been higher, it seemed. So that was weird. I would have been totally happy to see them take Hamilton there, but it is what it is. I I, yeah. I yeah I hate the move Bart. <laughs> I think it okay. was I think it was an all time bad move, and I think some of these GMs, especially <clears throat> Quesi Quesi, I'm not even pronounce his last name. Yeah. he's one of the smartest GMs, like uh, as far as like an IQ basis goes, to ever be a GM in the history of the NFL. Right, right. I feel like this is like a I'm so smart, I'm gonna go ahead and. F- trade back and get, you know, a, a, a top, whatever, top 100 guy anyway. And maybe it all works out because they still ended up getting, getting Brian Osamoa and Andrew Booth in the second round, second, third round anyway. Yeah, right. But at the same time, I don't feel like it was necessarily because they were so much smarter than everybody else. I Andrew Booth was up for grabs up until the 42nd pick. So they could have just traded up anyway in the second round and gotten him. And then walked out with Andrew Booth and Kyle Hamilton, who are both projected to be first-rounders. I, I don't yeah. like the move. And look, yeah. we won't know. Maybe everybody was right about Kyle Hamilton. And in two years, Lewis Seen is the best safety in the league. And Andrew Booth is fantastic. And Jamison Williams, who the, the Detroit Lions showed up for, is no longer on a team. <laughs> you really never know. But right. as for grades right now, what I'm looking at, they traded within a divisional rival, and then they went back 20 spots. That's insane. For a pick swap in the second round, they should have just taken the second round pick outright and the third round pick, and then maybe something else for next year or whatever, and walked out with Kyle Hamilton and Andrew Booth, and then not let the Lions also get a sweet player as well. Yeah. Just doesn't make that I, just yeah. doesn't make sense. It's, to me. it's it's what happens yeah. when you think that there are very few like studs and everybody else is kind of on a similar level. I think that's where Quesi's coming from. He thought that like whether he was picking at 12 or 30 or whatever, it was going to amount to a pretty similar player, which yeah, obviously yeah. You, you may agree or not, but yeah, I kind of uh, understand, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, if I'm a corner I, for the yeah. Minnesota Vikings, I'm, I'm slashing his tires. Like they literally <laughs> just let the Detroit Lions if Andrew Booth, get, or yeah. yeah, if I'm Andrew Booth, he, he is, he went from being like in a pretty decent situation going in the back of the first round or something to now having to guard Jamison Williams on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. I saw rumors yeah. that they did it for the signing bonus savings, that they just mm. didn't want to pay for the number 12 pick signing bonus. Come on. Yep. <laughs> Which is pretty bleak if it's come to is that. It? But... <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> most like we've news. seen bunch of like a bunch of teams <clears throat> use the draft to save money, right? Like that's what the Ravens did with Hollywood Brown to some extent. I'm assuming right. that's what the right. Titans did with AJ Brown. Um, so <laughs> it's kind of funny that the Vikings would not even want to pay the, right. the rookie signing bonus. But 
Yeah, I, yeah. It, there's like a whole we could do a whole episode on this, but yeah, yeah. trade uh, <laughs> trade day like draft charts don't really account for salary hits very often. So it's definitely like a more um, unexplored thing. So maybe they've got yeah. something crazy going yeah. on. But yeah, let's let's talk about another. We talked a lot about the Vikings. <laughs> let's talk about the Giants. Why your team? I thought the Giants had a really solid draft. Well, day one, yeah, and and I think a lot of the times you get pretty lucky. I think we got lucky that the Houston Texans decided to go with Derek Stingley, and <laughs> same thing with, with the New York Jets. They also went with a corner, and they're both sweet players. I'm not saying that they were bad picks by any means, but when a player who a lot of people have graded as one of the three better players in this draft, like Kayvon Thibodeau or so, when they move out of the top four right into your lap, you get lucky there. And then the same thing in that similar vein is on the flip side the two of the three or all three of the best tackles in that class could have gone and fit in any of those you know four teams above us and you just get lucky that the teams have pivoted another way it's kind of hard for me to grade the uh, the giants draft poorly when you walk out with the um the the players that they got in the first round evan neal and, and Kayvon thibodeau I'm going to disagree with their second round draft strategy because we were also in a position to get Andrew Booth uh, early in the second round. We we were at pick 36, trade back. Okay, no big deal. Trade back with the Jets. They could draft a running back. No big deal. Pick 38, trade back. And then the Vikings jumped us one pick and drafted Andrew Booth. And then we got Wandell Robinson, who is a 5'8 wide receiver hybrid type role. <laughs> He, again, in two years, I might be. Uh, this might be a sound clip that plays before Giants games, and and Wandell Robinson is getting hyped up over it. <laughs> it's what you want to happen, uh, right? This is what I want to happen. <laughs> I, I would much prefer him end up being a sweet player, but I don't like when teams leave good players like they, they just let good players walk right by them. And you know, similar, same way I ripped the Vikings. I did not like that we we had chances to get Nicobe Dean and Andrew Booth. And maybe I just don't know Wandell Robinson, but I just like I just feel like we we reached on a couple of them. And most GMs' jobs to me are to find sweet players in rounds two and three. It's kind of easy to get a sweet guy in the top ten, yeah. and you can screw it up. But like we see the Raiders do it often. But I mean, <laughs> your job is to find sweet players in the later round, and I feel like we let some guys walk. But the Jets, okay. the Jets, I thought they nailed it across the board. Aiden, how happy are you today? We're in that oh. gangrene. Very happy. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely happy. The happiest I've been in, you know, since the AFC Championship in what, 2012 or 2011. <laughs> it's been a while. Mark Sanchez um, did. But yeah, exactly. Since I had Mark Sanchez. Oh, how I miss Mark Sanchez. Um, but yeah, the Jets, I feel like, had a just had a great draft, or at least the first three rounds or so. Um, I feel like beyond that, my area of expertise kind of fades. But, uh, but right. yeah, obviously, right. I think, like, I agree that the the top 10 is, you know, kind of easy to some extent. Um, and I think they got really good value out of their two top 10 picks. They got Sauce Gardner, um, love his swagger. You know, they asked him what he how he expects to react when he allows his first NFL touchdown. He was like, I don't plan on letting that happen either. Like, you know, like, a reference <laughs> to his not having a lot of in college. Uh, but they, they needed naive. exactly <laughs> exactly um, but hey uh, i'll take it um and you know he will really improve a secondary that struggled a lot like last year um and him combined with um i forget who they added 
over the course of the offseason. I think it was, let me find a DJ Reed was their new signee uh, for cornerback. So he'll pair with him. That's a hugely improved secondary. Um, they obviously added Garrett Wilson, who I, I thought was the best receiver in the draft. So mm-hmm. very happy He's to have now. him. Um, there was obviously a run on wide receivers starting with, you know, um, London at eight or so. And then they, they all were gone suddenly. So I'm glad they got Wilson out of that. That gives them a pretty good receiving court. Uh, Elijah Moore looked solid last year. Corey Davis was injured for half the year, but he's good generally. Um, so Zach Wilson, no excuses this year. Um, and obviously, like, the biggest <laughs> deal, though, was that Jermaine Johnson pick. I think the Jets said they had him top 11. I think a lot of big boards had him kind of in that area. Um, and they managed to trade mm-hmm. up and get him at 26. So pairing him with Carl Lawson, who's coming back this year, that's a super improved line right there. Um, so that's as good as a first round as I could have hoped for. Um, plus, like, the Brees Hall pick uh, at 37 or 38 was they don't really need a running back at the moment. Michael Carter looked good last year, but it's hard to pass up like another best available at their position. So if you go down the board, I think Sauce Gardner was probably the best cornerback available in the draft. No offense to, um, what's his name? Derek Singley. Derek, Derek Singley. <laughs> Great 2019, but you know, um, I have a little <laughs> bit more faith in Sauce. Um, plus Jermaine Johnson, who seemed, who was a really high uh, edge edge talent Garrett Wilson the best receiver in the class and you get probably the best running back in the class it seems worth it to to go for talent in the Jets case where they have so many areas to improve so why not yeah yeah I also always feel bad for players like Jermaine Johnson that seemingly fall for like no reason or like maybe a reason that is really dumb that we just Mm -hmm. don't really know about quite yet um and it makes it kind of adds into the Jets underdog uh, yeah. narrative a bit more too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jermaine's going to be angry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be winning more games. I mean, he might not win more games at New York though than at Florida State. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> no, true. they better. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, yeah. with the Jets, I think the great, the greatest thing about the Jets is that over the course of the offseason, we saw that they were clearly looking to upgrade at certain positions. Wide receiver, they were in on the Tyreek Hill trade. Um, they really wanted to go for a guy. They tried to get Debo as well. Yeah. I imagine A.J. Brown and, and D.K. Metcalf were on their list. And they ended up walking out with a number one wide receiver. They tried to you know, acquire Chandler Jones when he became a free agent. Made a good offer to him. He just decided to pick Las Vegas. So they go and they trade back into the first round and they get Jermaine Johnson. And they need a premier corner. Robert Sala wants a premier corner. So <clears throat> out of the first round, they walked with everything that they were looking for and you know you don't you don't go into the year we'll go yeah i guess we'll just get blank position next year you you pretty much have walked with the guys you need so kudos to them Mm -hmm. Uh, another team though i want to throw out that typically does not have good drafts at least according to the pundits but had a good draft this year is the seattle seahawks a lot of people really love what the seahawks did and i'm not adding anything new but i do like that um, I don't. I wouldn't say I like, but I get the direction that they're going in with in the post Russell Wilson era, where they just want to be the ground and pound team and like not trying to not trying to say let's see what we have in Drew Lock. Like we know what we have in Drew Lock. It's it's not he's a bridge right now, you know, right? And they didn't like Malik Willis enough as much as the rest of the league didn't apparently, right? So they just go and got like PFF's analysis, for example. They said uh, they got. 
their top-rated offensive tackle in Charles Cross. They got Kenneth Walker, who was a like a midseason Heisman guy, Heisman uh, front runner, really good running back there. And then they got a Washington, a Wazoo guy too uh, on the offensive line as well, which a lot of a lot of prospects like um, as well. He's from he's also from Everett, Washington too. So he's he's like a hometown guy. I love that narrative. Six six three fifteen. Um, and he he's uh played through his senior year as well. So I do like what they did here and not trying to go like let's let's see what we have in Drew Locke. Like, sure, are the Seahawks gonna make the playoffs next year? Probably not. They're not gonna make the playoffs, but I think they are building in a good direction. And then maybe they're also one of those teams that tries to trade up for, or just hopefully not, but hopefully not, but falls into like the number one spot to try to get Bre- Bryce Younger, CJ Stroud, or whoever's available there. But I, I liked I liked what they did too. I think it makes sense. You see the direction, and that's and that was like the model that Seattle was um, when they won their first Super Bowl. Is Marshawn Lynch ground and pound? Yes, they had Russell Wilson, who was great, but that's their mo- That was their model. I liked it. No, I did too. A lot of people ripped him for the Kenneth Walker pick. I thought it was a great pick, to be honest. You know, yeah. and also they need, their running backs can't stay healthy, man. They no. need like Chris Carson always goes down, and they're they're on like their fourth string running back or something. Right, like and Rashad Penny just had a breakout, and everyone's like, but you, but he but he worked out. I mean, he did <laughs> one year. You can't really mm-hmm. just bank on that. And I got to give the Seahawks a lot of credit. I I'm very hard on them. Uh, a lot of <clears throat> some other people out there are very hard on them. They don't give a damn what anybody else thinks. They're just going to draft their players. He's going to run the ball and he's going to draft corners, you know, in the later rounds and, and, and have that be that. And then same thing with the Packers. They do not care about how their picks affect Aaron Rodgers in, in any bit of the fashion. Quay Walker. Welcome to the Packers. Uh, Devonte Wyatt. Welcome to the Packers. Have fun throwing to your D tackle and linebacker Aaron Rodgers. We don't care. <laughs> but no, seriously, I mean they have they have uh, they always make the right pick to me, and they got Christian Watson. I think really at the time it was George Pickens and Christian Watson Watson that were available in the first round, and they didn't reach for a wide receiver. They they went back and they just kind of reassessed their board, and they they got Quay Walker and. Devonte Wyatt and they're going to have a stout defense for the next couple of years cuz as they always do. Eric Stokes a couple of years ago no one really thought that that was going to happen. It happened and he's a really good corner. I think it was last year actually. Uh Jordan Love was probably the only bad pick they've had in recent history but I got to give the Packers a lot of credit because I think that they they have nailed the draft over the last couple of years and we kind of paint Brian Gutenkus as this village idiot because of the Jordan Love pick but at the end of the day like they just make the right moves consistently. And then they ended up getting a wide receiver anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know though. It's like why I don't understand why you're giving Aaron Rodgers that much money though and not trying to build around him on the offensive side. When you might only have him for like he might he might just say, I'm gonna retire at the end of next year. You mm-hmm. know, you know you know what I mean? And I feel like it's the thing we've talked about this on the podcast before, where the Packers are more interested in being a really good team than being the best team. And going for broke. Like a really good team over longevity than being the best team and going for broke. And I feel like we've seen, if you look at the the Bengals, for example, last year, they weren't the most complete team, but they invested very heavily in the most important positions. And that got them, I mean, they didn't end up winning, but it got them to the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. right? Farther than Aaron Rodgers has been since 
his Super Bowl appearance, right? So I don't know. I get the like you want to be a complete team, but it doesn't sit well with me. As just like, why do the Packers consistently just try to slap Aaron in the face? I don't understand it. <laughs> Aaron I mean, I don't understand it. Man. Yeah, <laughs> they they did ultimately draft three receivers and three offensive linemen, so it's not like they're shunning the passing game. I don't know. Refer back to I talked about this at some point about how Aaron Rodgers makes receivers good. They clearly don't that think that they need a stud receiver. Maybe Christian Watson becomes Devontae Adams anyway. Yeah. But yeah, Devontae I, was what like a late second round a pick. Second. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I don't. Yeah. I have no idea. He was not a first rounder. I know that. He was That's not part a first rounder. Yeah. And there are plenty of guys We're, who aren't first rounders who ended up who end up being sweet, um, as Jared alluded to. Or not necessarily alluded to, but he named a lot of guys who um, ended up being spectacular in the league despite poor test scores. None, a lot of them are first rounders. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I, Jared, I just don't agree that they're slapping him in the face because they have one of the better offensive line lines in the league, and you know they may be going all in, but they may go on on their own philosophy and the fact that they just have a sweet defense and they get a lot of these guys like Devondre Campbell was not he was a. Uh, spurned by Arizona, and then he ended up being an All Pro. And they just snag a lot of these these talented guys. Uh, and Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes are going to be a sweet corner duo, duo for the next com- couple of years. And they'll have an elite linebacker core and an elite offensive line. And I think a lot of the teams, a lot of quarterbacks, would love to be in Aaron Rodgers' position. Jared, they can do you ha- think- those those yeah. Pro Bowlers can have fun in Hawaii. Well. <laughs> Chiefs and Bengals and Bills are fighting it out trying to get a Super Bowl trophy. Jared, do you think they should have traded up for an established guy or for like one of the well, the Vikings were prospects. selling. Vikings were selling. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't have done that within the division, but um, yes, they would have. <laughs> like an established wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would have. I mean, look at what Justin Jefferson did. Literally, his very first year has a crazy season. Look at what Jamar Chase did in literally his very first year, as part of the foundation that gets them to the to the Super Bowl this year, right? I think we've talked about this. White's talked about this, like how important a wide receiver has become, or how important a D, a really good D end is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if maybe you don't need to be that complete of a team anymore to make it to the Super. Bowl. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that that's that hot of a take, but yeah, I get you. Here's a move I didn't like. The Saints and the Washington trade. I thought that that was bizarre in hindsight. The Saints, uh, here's Jared said it. I don't understand what what makes the Saints so, you know, it makes them believe that they are so close to winning the division and being a, I mean, like you can be a competitive team, but to like they're like putting money back on this credit card, where they're like we're gonna go all in to try to win a championship, and kudos to them for doing it. Uh, not everybody needs to just completely sell all their their talented assets, and you know maybe this is a little hypocritical for me saying or for us saying that you should go all in and invest in some of these things, but the Saints are not a team to me in a position that they can just sell the future for today and win a championship within the next two years or so because they traded a first round pick to get into the first round again this year. And then they traded up within the draft to draft a wide receiver. And then they drafted Trevor Penning later, uh, later in that first round. I just don't, I don't understand. Like 
do they really believe that they're better than Tampa Bay? Or do they really believe that they can beat the Rams or the Packers or the 49ers if they meet them in the playoffs? Do they even believe they can beat the Cowboys if they meet them in the playoffs? Because I don't think they could. <laughs> I think that Jamison, uh, Winston, James Winston is a very fun player to watch. He's maybe not. He may not be their quarterback of the future. Um, Michael Thomas may not be interesting. <laughs> Michael Thomas, we don't really know where he's at. I think that there are more question marks and answers for the Saints, and it doesn't make any sense for me uh, to me for them to be so, you know, invested in in winning today. You can reboot for a year or so. And then on the flip side, Washington traded with the Saints so that the Saints could draft a player in the same position, a better player in the same position that they were going to draft later at 16. I like Jahan Dotson. He is a good player. I liked him. I liked him as a second round prospect. There <laughs> is, feels like a reach to me and, like if him and Chris Olave, they may not, they may be similar. Jahan Dotson is probably going to be a slot receiver, but and Olave will be on the outside. But like Olave, just to me, pro- reads as a far better prospect. And this is the same thing as the, that I killed the Vikings for. Why are we letting good players walk by? You were just going to draft that position anyway. Who cares about sometimes an extra third rounders? You know, trading back isn't always this genius idea. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's talk about the Titans. Uh, the Titans side of it. We talked to the Eagles. Obviously, they're they're gonna see what they have in Jalen Hurts, and they're all in on it. Did the Titans make a mistake by trading AJ Brown, even if they got Traylon Burks later in the first round? Bart, why don't we start with you? I don't think so. I mean, we mentioned this earlier. I like the money factor is a big deal. I mean. I would be more confident in saying that if Julio had actually been relevant last year, he wasn't. But I, yeah, I don't think so. I think Traylon Burks will not, obviously, he won't be a stud, at least immediately, like A.J. Brown is. But he's going to be serviceable. He's going to be good enough. I, I'm not too worried about it. You get, they, they got what? They got the 18th and the 101st overall pick. They saved money. They picked up the position. I don't even remember who they got at 101. But I, I'm personally not. As a Titans fan, I wouldn't be super upset about this. Obviously, it's tough losing your guy, but like the Vikes did the same thing, right? People were upset when we when we traded Diggs, but then we just picked up Justin Jefferson right away. And I'm not going to say that Traylon Burks is going to have a rookie season like Justin Jefferson did, but uh, I, I think time will tell, but I'm not super worried about it. I'm worried about it. I don't think it was a good move. I, like, especially drafting Ryan Tannehill's potential replacement later in the draft. And, like, Derrick Henry maybe only has a year left. Like, those sorts of running backs that just have so much mileage, you have no idea how much time Derrick Henry's going to have. Who are you resting your... Like, who's going to be the linchpin of this offense? Who are you resting your... uh, um, Or who are you putting your hopes on on this offense? And who are you giving, like, Malik Willis a chance to, to build with? It's not Julio Jones. He's going to be gone in a, like pretty soon. Derrick Henry, again, definitely won't be able to keep up the same production that he's been doing just as a running back with so many carries that he has. And then now you don't have A.J. Brown either. I don't know. Like, what are you gonna, I don't know what you're, doing there, what you're doing there. Especially if you think Malik Willis is a project, you've got to give him some help. And like but, even maybe he starts in a year, and let's say Derrick Henry is like, you know, like running backs can fall off quick. 
But if you want to talk about helping Malik Willis, doesn't it make sense to pair him with a young receiver who can be there longer and they can grow together? AJ Brown. AJ Brown's like. Ah, uh, good question. He's twenty four. He's younger than us. He's only twenty four. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> I, t- I take that point back. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know. As someone who had AJ Brown on this fantasy team last year, I was whelmed. I like. I I think a first round receiver can live up to. I expect a first round receiver to kind of have the stats that Antonio that uh, AJ Brown had. In general, he had a really good sophomore year. He regressed and, this year a bit year. with some injuries. Yeah, he had a good yards. rookie year too. Yeah. But don't you expect a thousand yards out of a first round wide receiver? I would expect that out of a first round wide receiver at this point. Certainly by a sophomore season. Yeah. Okay, sorry. While we were talking, I was trying to look up some uh some facts here about the trade. Bart, is that just a screwdriver you're drinking right there? Um <laughs> Um, so sorry, Bart was drinking orange juice. It looks like in the, in the zoom call, <laughs> um, i essentially, they traded AJ Brown for Traylon Burks and Malik Willis. There were so many trades, um, that it looks mm. like they traded for a third rounder that ended up, ended up trading up to get Malik Willis. So that's ultimately what it gets. Jared, would you feel better about it? If I told you they drafted Hassan Haskins, who has a vicious Derrick Henry, like stiff arm. So it says ESPN's <laughs> description. No, I don't know. I don't care about. Hassan Haskins dropped him in your fantasy leagues. Uh, I think AJ Brown. <laughs> I think the trade makes sense to me. Well, it doesn't make sense that they that the Titans lowballed him so much. Again, I said this. I think a GM's job is to find sweet players, and when you ultimately find a sweet player, then the job continues to be you keep them on your team, right? Everybody wants to find a superstar in round two and three. And guys like the the 49ers did it, the Seahawks did it, and the Titans did it when they got A.J. Brown in round two. It doesn't make sense necessarily that they got rid of him, but at the end of the day, I think that the situation is going to look very much like Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson, where Traylon Burks ends up being just a really good player for that offense. His pro comp is A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown goes on to have a really nice career uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. And... You know, everybody kind of skips off into the sunset. But, um, I, you know, Jared, I think that the Titans are going to be fine. They're they're an elite organization as far as team building goes and all that. And what what might be the the timetable here is that Traylon Burks plays right now, and then Malik Willis is in the rotation within the next year or two, as far as being a starting quarterback. Or he just never pans out. You never know. But do you think <clears throat> though that they could have gotten Traylon Burks? Anyway. Or whatever player they wanted. No, like Traylon Burks without even trading A.J. Brown. Why couldn't they have both? Nobody drafted a wide receiver after him until in the first round. He was the last wide receiver. But I think that's because he was the last like wide receiver that people consider even close to first round. Because we've talked about Dotson being like he was on a lot of boards as early second round in terms of talent, right? Like I feel like people were reaching. Yeah. I mean, he's... A team would have gotten Burks. Would have traded. I, I think so too. The, I think fundamentally the huge like it's a hundred four million dollar contract. I just looked it up. Like I think the Titans were were not trying to keep Adrian Brown. Like they didn't want him on the team. It wasn't just about getting Dotson or sorry, uh, a Burks. Burks. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I understand. Like intelligent team building says not to give a hundred million dollar contracts to, 
to wide receivers, I think. So I, I get it from that point of view. It is a very good point, though, as to what to expect with the um, Titans going forward, especially as Derrick Henry, we expect at least, you know, um, decrease in his production. He's obviously had injury stuff. It does seem like the Willis pick was a at least recognition of the fact that a some degree of rebuild might be coming up. Mm-hmm. Any other uh, deals we want to go over? Oh, Trayvon Walker. Just really quick. Do we think he's worthy of the number one overall pick? Yeah. Aiden Hutchinson would have been yeah. the safer pick, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. Like, obviously, drafting at, at, at number one for, like, upside is kind of scary because that's what that's i mean that's what he is right he's he's, he could be a physical monster who just like develops all the tools but yeah i uh i've seen some people say that that was one of the bigger reaches of the draft actually just because the first pick is so so loaded yeah Mm -hmm. and i just feel like the first the top eight or so picks got just as good a deal as what the jags got at number one so it does feel like the jags kind of lost here i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah Fun little story here. The Steelers drafted uh, Connor Hayward, Cam Hayward's little brother, which would make them the proud, not owner, but they had now have four set of brothers on their team. They that have, must uh, be deliberate, right? <clears throat> maybe. <laughs> TJ and Derek Watt, Trey and Terrell Edmonds, Carlos and Khalil Davis, and then, of course, the the Hayward brothers, which I thought was was funny That's crazy. and then an, another funny story the jets now have two wilsons two carters um don't they have I two michael carters they, so. yeah they have two michael carters and they have two <laughs> halls as well bryce and uh Brees hall that's super oh, wow <clears throat> yeah that i feel like there are options to you know expand this like Corey davis right you didn't say davis yet right I feel like davis no. is another very common name that we just gotta yeah. go out and find somebody sign an undrafted rookie with the last name yeah. davis you know i feel like you could find a, another gardener as well <clears throat> probably yeah not Mincher? another sauce but yeah, yeah, another <laughs> <laughs> he's probably a free agent i don't know what i don't know what he's doing right now <laughs> Oh, sorry. Funny. I saw a name, um, a team signed, and I don't know the team. I just saw it on my Twitter feed. Smoke Monday was another name that I saw. <laughs> I saw that too. Uh, like, interesting that is, names out here. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully you found this episode interesting as well. That'll be a wrap for this one. You know the drill at this point. Share, rate, subscribe. Uh, let us know in social media what you like and didn't like. Uh, if you weren't aware, we do have a semi-regular schedule of releases at this point, Tuesdays and Thursdays for our main stuff. Wyatt will have a uh, No Days Off episode coming up this weekend. Stay tuned for Pit Stop F1 related content as well. Thank you for listening as always, and we'll see you back next time.